to talk about a promise of more. If we're going to talk about what Jesus' message was and where it was leading to, maybe we start with what he started with. So let's start with, with Matthew chapter 5 this morning. And I kind of want to go through Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. Um, because this is where it starts and he begins and from his very first sermon, he offers us a promise. Now, all of us have heard this sermon or this passage many times. We've read it probably many times. In fact, some of you may have even memorized portions of it. But here's how it goes. So follow along with me and I'm gonna throw it up on the screen here. And he starts by saying this. So Jesus starts a sermon by his right off hand saying this. God blesses those who are poor and realizes their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who are hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You see, Jesus starts his whole ministry. The promises that lead up to the cross are actually beginning right here at the very first sermon that is recorded for us. And he starts looking at us and he starts by giving us a promise. Not the promise of I will never leave you nor forsake you, even though that is a promise he's given to us. Not a promise of I will forgive you of all your sins, even though that is partly encapsulated in this sermon he was giving. But his very first promise, well, the way they translated it was God blesses those. Now, the, if we actually look at the Greek and the way this is broken down, this word of idea of blessing is actually the word of the mentality of happiness is promised or happiness is given. So that as we get to the very last verse, you begin to hear how he writes and he says, be happy. In fact, be very glad that you are about to experience these things. I mean, that's something a good promise that we kind of could have put in a spruiking thing, didn't we? If you follow, you will be happy. The only problem is, is this is a weird promise, isn't it? See, this is what gets into me and it kind of begins to wiggle a little thing into my heart and it begins to challenge me and it begins to hurt. It begins to excite. It begins to stomp on. It begins to elevate. In a single sermon that he begins to start, when we begin to think about it, it makes no sense. And yet at the same time, it makes all the sense in the world. So we could start it in a sense with the way he kind of had intended it, or we'll kind of reword it kind of the way the Greek kind of 
emphasizes it in a way, is that we could say this. God gives happiness to those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And then it gets even stranger. God gives happiness to those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Okay, before we go on any farther, that doesn't make sense, does it? Happiness for those who are poor. Now, as we look at this, this idea of poor is not just the idea of being without money. In fact, it's an even deeper word than that because it has to do with the idea of being without or lacking. It's not just saying happy is the one who doesn't have any money. He's saying happy is the one who doesn't have anything, who lacks, who realizes he has a need. For only when one realizes they have a need can then they have that need fulfilled or realized. Happy is the one who is sad. I don't get that. Does that make sense? You see, as we begin to go through, the promise that he promises is not a feel-good, consume-it-on-me sort of idea. It's an idea that because I am, he promises that there can be happiness in in spite of. It's a different kind of a faith than sometimes I want. I'll be honest with you. The faith that I want is the one where God comes down and he makes sure I don't have any lack. I want him to say, Happy are the ones who have. Happy are those who have their lives put together because that's what I, I want to make sure my life, I want to make sure, I, I want to be striving towards. And, and, and he stops and he kind of throws everything that we know and what we dream about, kind of he, he flips it upside down. You see, he's promising you a promise that it's not quite what I was expecting. I, 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 I like the happy part. I like the I will be blessed part. Because he doesn't just stop there. He kind of pushes it farther. And, and he starts and he doesn't say, well, happy are those who will defeat their enemies. At this time, they were living in Rome or they were living in Jerusalem, but Rome had conquered their land and they were kind of under the thumb of Rome. And they were tired of it. They were frustrated about it. They were angry. They were willing to throw Rome off and to have control of their own country. And yet he never does that. He never promises happiness to those who have financial freedom. Trust me, I've been without and it's not very fun and I don't feel very happy when I don't know how I'm gonna get my bills paid. But he doesn't promise, because you see, the, the whole idea that the Jews had gotten used to was that if God was blessing you, you had. How do you know God was blessing you? Well, you had money. How do you know God was blessing you? Well, you were defeating your enemies. 
you were the top dog. And so if you were the top dog, you knew God was on your side. And so when things were beginning to fall apart, when, when there was a lack, when there was, it was time to begin to kind of go through the crumbs and find out what we kind of messed up on. Because if God loved us, if God was on my side, then I would be winning. I would have money. I wouldn't be struggling. I would conquer. See, this is where it starts to get to hurt because I kind of like that sort of faith. I kind of like the faith. Yeah, I like the kind of faith that says, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for me. And, I, and, and okay, I can go to heaven. That's good for me. I like the kind of faith as we begin to, to look at Jesus' promises of more and for more, where, you know, he, he, if we give our life, I, I want him to say, I will bless you with an abundant blessing and, and I will make you wealthy and I will make you to rule over your enemies and I will make you respected. But that's actually not what he's promising us. And because of he doesn't promise that, I actually feel a whole lot more confident. You know why? Because my life never seems to work out quite like that. I find myself at times in my life when I am lacking and I have need. Oh, it may not be money. There's times when we find ourselves in need and I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do and I have to turn and fall in a sense on my face before him saying, God, I'm, I don't know. You gotta help me out because I'm in need. And he says, that's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for you to ask, to call. God, I hurt. This isn't right. This isn't fair. God, I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm feeling all sorts of emotions right now. And God says, that's all right. I understand. You see, that's when we come to a place where happiness can come. Because he stops and he says, when it's not working right. When you find yourself in need and wanting, that's where I want to be. Now, be careful because as we talk about this, he's not saying, okay, you're, you're lacking and you, I'm going to pour out this. It, it kind of continues to say, he, he pushes it farther. And he doesn't just say, happy are you when you are need and you're poor. And happy are you when you, he begins to say, happy are you when you begin to pour your life out for the needs of others. You, you see, in fact, he continues on, and I didn't put these up on the screen um, but, but he continues by saying this. God blesses or God's happiness are on those who are humble. Humble? He says, for they will inherit the earth. Well, that's not what I've seen. The people who seem to get ahead in life are those who are what? Well, willing to kind of step on the next guy, don't they? Isn't that the way it seems to work? Those who are willing to push themselves through and push others out of the way because if we're going to get to the front, then someone's got to do the pushing and I'm going to be the one. And he says, well, hang on, stop, slow down. There is a happiness. And those who inherit the earth are those who are humble. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. 
he'll be satisfied. God's happiness are on those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God's happiness are on those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God's happiness is on those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God's happiness are on those who are persecuted for doing right, and I hate that. I really do. I don't like that word. I like the word happiness, but I don't like that word persecuted. God's happiness is on you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you. I don't like any of those things. You see, when I start with Jesus' promises, it comes and it challenges our faith at a place to say, hey, he's done so much for us. The cross does talk to us about eternity. The cross and the resurrection, it talks to us about a place of forgiveness and a place of hope and a, and a place of a friend who never leaves us nor forsakes us. But the promise that he started with and the promise that led him to the cross was a promise that says there is a happiness upon those who pour their lives out in the service of others. There's a promise of happiness for those whose mentality of how they see life is not based upon what's in it for me, what do I get out of it, but how do I serve others? How do I come before a God with my lack? How do I see God's blessing? Is it a matter of, is God's blessing when, when everything is like, I've got my bank account full and I'm feeling good and everything. Is that it? And he stops and he begins to challenge our faith a little bit. You see, Jesus started the promise. And I, and I consider it the hope of Easter is that it goes beyond. But wait, there's more. And I don't mean to spruik that in, a, in an insensitive or callous manner, but the reality is there's more to our faith. You see, the, the eternity in heaven is great, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing my grandmother. I'm looking forward to seeing, I've got a whole lot of loved ones I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. But wait, there is more. There is a friend who's there beside me. But wait, there is more. That's not, that's not it. There is a friend who says, I promise that I will, I'll forgive you. For those who come to me and repent, I promise, as far as the east is from the west, so far will your transmission or transgressions be removed from you. But wait, there is more. You see, it's not all about consuming about what's in it for me, but he begins to challenge us to say there is a hope of a happiness when our lives are changed when the way we see our lives, when we begin to see our lack, when we begin to see our need, is when our hearts are beginning to be opened up for something that cannot be explained. I don't fully understand it. And I'm gonna be really clear and honest with you this morning. I'm not even sure I totally always like it. The challenge that God challenges us to, the way he calls us to a place of a not just a uh, you need me, but it also a challenge of your circumstances or the way you see your viewpoint needs to change. 
if you are going to be happy, if you are going to get what you need to out of your faith, you're going to need to change your perspective. You need to stop seeing yourself always as the one who's going to be on top and be willing to step aside for someone else. You need to see yourself as not the one who is always the winner, but as the one who is the surrenderer. See, there's a promise of more. I like all those good things about our faith. I love the fact that we have a savior who promises us an eternity in heaven. I love the fact that we have someone who promises that they will never leave me nor forsake me. That that makes me feel good because there are times when I feel lonely. I love the fact that there is a savior who promises that whenever I do something wrong, he will be there to help me pick up the pieces and get my life back on track. I like that because like everyone else, there's sometimes I do things that I kind of wish I hadn't done. But in that, he pushes us a little farther to say, I need you now to kind of see your perspective. You see, the cross was not a winning situation. The cross was a sacrificial situation. He laid down his life for us. And yet, in that losing, sacrificial situation, he won. I can't explain it. That's what he calls us to. You see, there's a promise of more. When we look at Easter, it's not just how do you consume. But how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself before God? How do you see yourself before others? Is it simply about, well, no, this is about my, I want to go to heaven. And so that's what this is about. And that's a good place to start. Don't let me make it a bad thing. That's good. If, it, if becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is simply about saying, God, I just want to go to heaven when I die, that's a great place to start. But there is so much more. There is happiness that has been promised to those of us who are lacking. So, as we continue on over these next couple weeks, we're going to kind of push this idea a little bit more. Where are his promises? Is there more to it? And there's a promise of happiness to those who are lacking. Father, this morning, as we get ready to close, Lord, forgive me if I sounded disrespectful, and I don't mean any disrespect, but Father, help us not to get caught up in simply seeing you as an easy selling item You didn't come for us to consume more upon ourselves. That's not what your death was about. That is not what the resurrection was about. There was a promise of more. There was a hope of more that part of that promise is that our lives could be changed. There was a challenge from the start to get us to see our need 
and to say for those of us who see our need, there is a promise of it being fulfilled. So Father, I pray, help us today as we sit here, as we go through these next couple weeks, Lord, help us just to allow our hearts to see our need, to see what the cross was about, to see what was so important about the resurrection, to say there is a hope. It it, it was started with the idea of there is a need. And Father, we have that today. In your name we pray.